Welcome back, fight fans, to episode 23 of the Tale of the Tape here on Sports Rant Radio. I'm your host, Kenny Keith of SportsRantRadio.com. And with me, as always, my partner in crime and right-hand man, Vince Cummings. Welcome back to episode 23, Vin. 23 already. Yes, sir. And it's time to do a post-fight recap of the night that was in Macau, China, as Chris Algieri, the upstart kid from Long Island, squared off with none other than the legendary... Pac-Man, Manny Pacquiao for welterweight supremacy, and Manny Pacquiao's WBO welterweight belt. Now let's talk about the lead up to this fight, Vin. There was so much effort put into creating this persona around one Chris Algieri because let's be completely honest with you. If you didn't watch ESPN Friday Night Fights and watch the Emmanuel Taylor fight, which was boring as hell anyways, yes, and you did not tune in to see the matchup between Chris Algieri and Ruslan Provodnikov, a fight that many people felt that Algieri didn't win anyways. And now looking back on hindsight, there's probably a lot more to talk about as regards to that fight. Yep. But they needed so desperately to be able to build this kid up. He was an undefeated fighter. And as we know about Manny Pacquiao, he loves to fight the undefeated fighters. Oh, yeah, of course. So did you feel that Chris Algieri won before we get in to the round by round? Did Chris Algieri even deserve this shot? Uh, after watching last night, I mean, you can definitely say, hell no. Yeah. This was, uh, it, this was more than one step up from the competition he was used to. I mean, he was absolutely dominated more than any fighter has been dominated all year in any big fight. Is this a testament to just the unbelievable promoting abilities of Bob Arum? Yeah. I, I mean, dude, seriously, they built this. They had people that know more about boxing and that are way more plugged in than you and I are. Right. Completely in the belief that Chris Algieri, not only did he stand a chance, but his his style was going to give Manny Pacquiao so many fits on so many different levels. Right. I think you just you saw the size of Algieri going into the fight, and you couldn't help but think, this guy's length and boxing ability is going to create a problem. Well, that Manny Pacquiao did not. Did Dude, I never, ever once saw this as a threat to Manny for one reason. The eye test is can be deceiving in many sports, as I've touched on time and time again. But in boxing, it's pretty clear. Oh, yeah. Okay? I kept saying over and over again in conversations with you and with people in the Twitterverse that – Ruslan Provodnikov has never, ever once been accused of being a fast fighter, a quick fighter, fast off of the jump with his punches. No. Ruslan Provodnikov is one thing. He is a tough MFer, yeah. and that's all there is to it. Yep. He's slow, plodding, lethargic, 
hunched over mm-hmm. and just looks to engage and throw bombs. That's it. Right. There's no, let's not get overly scientific about the lack of the sweet science in Ruslan Provodnikov's game. Right. He made Chris Algieri look fast. Yes, he did. But when I pointed it out in 24-7, you could see a remarkable difference in the speed of one Manny Pacquiao and Chris Algieri. But Chris Algieri went on a campaign to make everybody believe that not only is he fast, that he's one of the fastest fighters. He Hand speed, punching speed, foot speed. is like, I'm at an elite level. Not even close, but We know what he looked like. Let's get in to the fight. Referee, Gennaro Rodriguez. Not too sure how many more fights old Gennaro has left under his belt. No, he's getting up there. Okay, the judges were Levi Martinez, Patrick Morley, and Michael Pernick. And these guys were, uh, I guess they didn't want to splurge on uh, plane tickets for some different refs and judges because they were rotating. I think Louis Pabon, he refereed a fight and judged a fight. Right. They were just like, nope, we can only spring for three tickets. These guys are going to have to do everything tonight. <laughs> so, okay, from the onset, the, the, like, the very first thing that, co- that comes to my mind that was so obvious, it was as clear as day. Manny looked so calm. He did. Didn't he? He, I mean, he just, he knew going into that fight. He's, he knew there was no chance this kid was going to do anything to cause any, any type of trouble for him in the ring. He knew it. You could tell. He didn't have to waste any energy trying to find Algeri. No. And the big, you know, Algeri had Jedi mind tricked everybody into believing that Manny was not going to be able to catch him. No. I'm sorry, man. You are not in the same track and field class as Arizlandi Lara. No, no. Or Floyd Mayweather, for that matter. Uh, you would lose a foot race to both. But Manny didn't waste any energy at all. Algeri looked tentative. I'm pretty sure it was, one, he didn't want to get touched early. Right. And he also was trying to gauge Manny's speed. Because if you if there's one common denominator you hear out of every single Manny Pacquiao opponent in the post fight is wow he's so much faster than i thought yep and i mean last night was was no different i mean manny was just relentless and you know he caught algeri where algeri had his you know his way with provodnikov being able to spin off the ropes and and spin away from him manny was cutting him off and he was running into punches and the thing was though man it it didn't look like manny was exerting any effort in doing it no no it it, it seemed like a sparring session yes it it did and not only that people were like oh well algeria's got these long arms and a long jab and he's a jabbing machine and blah 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 hey i I was in that group (laughs) manny not only did he cut off the ring well he kept his distance so unbelievable his distance was so measured so precise and so perfect that when he did attack Algeria, he was right back at the safe distance right. immediately. Yep. Talk about neutralizing somebody's strength. Not only did he neutralize Algeria's jab, but he neutralized Algeria's other big strength, punch output. Right. He was unable to throw his signature 100 punches around. Which was going to be his only chance at winning that fight. So, yeah, he, he, he effectively took Algeria out of it. So, what was this mystery strategy of not fighting in the first four rounds? I, yeah, I didn't. After the fight, would hearing Tim Lane say, you know, they're trying to stretch him out to the late rounds and then go for the knockout. What the? Do you, do you know your fighter, Tim Lane? Come on, man. We'll talk about Tim Lane here in a second. So, the second round, Manny knocks down Chris Algeria. Combination of Manny knocking 
Chris Algieri into a wet corner. Right. Still a knockdown. It was he, a result of a punch. Right. He slipped on a punch. It was a three-hit combo and a slip. Yep. I mean, he was charging one, two, three, boom, fall, down, and ruled a knockdown. Algieri was still trying to measure Manny at that point, but Manny kept his distance and knew there were pinpoint moments in Algieri's offense, limited as it was, where he was going to jump in. The third round comes along, and at this point, Manny's already got a three-point advantage on the scorecards. He's already up 20-17. to And it was a very slow and intelligent and very deliberate attack by Manny. they got to give Algieri credit for minimizing Pacquiao's attack, though. Right. Because what what a lot of people expected to happen, and I think Tim Lane expected this too, was that Manny was going to be bouncing in and out fainting, and he didn't. No. He was not bouncing in and out. He was waiting for the opportunities that once the distance was closed, Manny could pounce. He didn't need to faint. No, uh-uh. There was, there was no need. He was yeah. just a faster fighter by a long shot. So we moved to the fourth round, and at this point, it's pretty clear that Manny is going to be dominating this fight. There was still a little bit of nervousness in my belly as a Manny Pacquiao fan that I was just waiting for something to happen. I that was Marquez like, moment? That Marquez moment. I think I'm still a little scarred from that. But then, right. you know, obviously watching, knowing Algieri's lack of power. Yeah. I mean, the guy has nothing on the end of his, yeah. end of his punches. Once Algieri went down and got fell that far behind on points early, you knew, I mean, Algieri's not going to get the knockout. He effectively, that the fight was over by round six. I don't think Chris Algieri could beat a group of drunk redneck gangsters hitting the punching bag machine at the arcade on on, <laughs> on the Ocean City boardwalk. I might have to agree with you after last night, buddy. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've seen little, tiny, skinny RNGs wearing wife beaters take a running start and probably score higher than Chris Algieri. Uh, but then again, Chris Algieri might be joining those guys very soon. Uh, I think so. After this fight. Algieri, going into the fifth round, uh, he boxed the round... Uh, much more like the Provodnikov fight. This was the only round that I scored for Algeri, and this was a questionable round. Yeah. And it, it was almost like I gave it to Algeri because this was his best round. Yeah, that, that's what ends up happening. In any fight like that, you, yeah. you're going to give the guy a round just like, oh, well, I feel bad for him getting his ass kicked. He did kind of yeah, do a little bit. You start looking for it. You right. start looking for it. Right. And, and sure enough, so anyways, it, but it did. It resembled the Provodnikov fight. He started to have a little shuck and jive. Mm-hmm. He started to move side to side. He started to move his hands. He started to look like that slick boxer that beat the slow-prodding Provodnikov. Right. So he was backpedaling and skating a little bit more. And when he did contact him, you know what? There's no, There was no consequence at any point. I think there was a lot of overstatement in those first four or five rounds by the announcing crew giving Algeria Far too much credit for yes. things that were not happening at all. No, they, they wanted to make it a fight, boy. Yeah, they wanted to have drama in the storyline. Right. Unfortunately, Manny Pacquiao sort of lit fire to the scripts that HBO handed out to Lampley right. and crew. So we moved to the sixth round, and another knockdown for Manny caught him, and immediately Algeria looked to start making excuses. And this is when the excuses started to pile in. Right. For Algeria, he started point. Oh, oh, oh! You didn't see that. You didn't see that. You didn't see it. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Yeah, you it, got punched. You went down. Yeah, it's okay. You're getting embarrassed, right? Because of all the bullshit that you were speaking leading up to this fight. Right. All your delusions of grandeur. You know, just unbelievable, man. So we move into the seventh round, and Manny was continuing to box a smart fight, optimizing opportunities, and this was the clearest round to me where you could really see a huge difference in the speed. Uh, going to the eighth round, 
there was concern with a very strange strategy that Tim Lane and company was implementing. At this point in time, it was getting from, I guess, rounds, I don't know, rounds three through eight. There was really concerning commentary and advice coming out of the corner of Chris Algieri. Yeah, it was Tim. I don't know. I mean, Tim Lane, you're you're a, a kickboxer by trade. Yeah. It's, it's just different. You can't – I don't know how he crosses over to be a trainer, a boxing trainer for a guy who's supposedly one of the best fighters in the world and is fighting the, one of the two best fighters in the world. How is he – how does he have the boxing knowledge – to Matt, be on that level. No, dude, he's a master boxer teacher, remember? Yeah. I, I, master, be a master boxer every day. I, I don't think he knows what master boxing is. I think he meant master baiter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's honestly what I think he meant. Um, I got the feeling as the fight progressed and we started to get into the later rounds and, and Tim Lane started making ass of himself that Chris Algieri had, had mentioned in, in the 24-7 or maybe it was the little bio piece they did in the lead up where he talked about how he doesn't keep a lot of company, he doesn't have a big entourage. Right. I really feel like him and Tim Lane, just the two of them have been hanging out for the last like two or three months. Fluffing each other just up. Just fluffing each other up. Like they were trapped in a, in a room together. Right. Just convincing one another of how unbelievably great they are. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Tim Lane, like why, why don't you go over and do some jumping jacks and sip a little more of that delusional bullshit out of that camelback that you're wearing? Right. You know? Because, he, dude, he made no sense whatsoever. No, he didn't. And so during the ninth round, Max Kellerman makes his way over to the corner of Chris Algieri and starts to interview Tim Lane. And he's asking with this really perplexed tone in his voice, like almost like you sound like a complete moron, so I'm going to try to trap you into being right. what you are. Right. And asks him, he goes, so, so what is this strategy, this secret strategy about, uh, you know, you're going to unleash Algeria? What exactly are you guys trying to do here? And he wouldn't answer. He goes, he goes, yeah, how about I tell you about it after after the fight's over? And he goes, so are you trying to knock out Manny Pacquiao? Is that the right. strategy here for a guy that only has eight knockouts in 20 fights you're going to try to knock out? He goes, yeah, we're going to unleash him. We're going for the KO. Boom! Down goes Algeria <laughs> on a monster bomb by Manny Pacquiao. That could not have been scripted. No, that was awesome. Any better. I jumped out of my chair and started screaming. I felt like I had no vested interest in trying to constructively and unbiasedly evaluate this fight at that point. Right. At that point, I was a rah-rah son of a bitch. Right. What the hell? Was Tim Lane thinking? I, I I don't know, man. And then after that, he kept on yeah. saying, "All right, hey, we got him right where we want him. We got him right where he want him." I sent out a be team. honest with your fighter, man. You're gonna get him hurt, right? You're gonna get him killed, right? You have to be honest. He should have been thinking about stopping the fight. Yeah, after come on, after the fifth knockdown, let's let's throw the towel in, Tim. Please, Tim Lane is a quack. He is. He's a quack. Hey, we'll never see him again. No, thank. It, God. If Algeria's smart. Moving forward, he will get himself a boxing trainer. Yes, a- yeah, absolutely. Not, not a buddy that you sparred kickboxing and fought. No, professionally kickboxing. No, come on. Yeah, it's a completely different sport. Yeah. All right, so we move to the tenth round. Another knockdown for Manny. Tim Lean keeps saying that he's going to unleash Algeria. Algeria was visibly distraught. Oh yeah. He was visibly shaken and was just like, uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay. At that point in time, he should have thrown in the towel. But as we've learned about Chris Algieri and his camp, not only are they 100% completely delusional, these guys don't understand the nuances of boxing. Right. 
as a trainer at this point in the fight, you need to be evaluating your fighter's position in the fight, where he stands, how he is going. You need to evaluate the ebbs and flows of a boxing match. And when you're getting your ass kicked like that, you need to evaluate. You need to be able to look into the future and go, all right, I'm going to continually make my guy look bad. We got to get some fights moving forward here. We're making a complete embarrassment of, of ourselves. We have to, at some point, you got to be smart enough to say, all right, enough's enough. We'll get him next time. No, and he didn't. And you're, you, you just touched on it. You just said it right there. Is that Tim Lane embarrassed himself, and he embarrassed the future prospects of Chris Algieri. He, he most certainly did. He made his fighter look like a clown. That fight should have been stopped. Right. In that, after that punch in the ninth round, he should have bit the bullet and said, you know what, man, I can't believe I just said that. I'm an idiot. Right. You know, I, I got too vested in, you know, our training and the things. He, he I don't know, man. He's just a deluded clown. Yep. Um, you know, Algeria showed heart. He kept getting up every time he got knocked down. But after six or seven knockdowns, man, the fight is in the bag and it is sealed. I scored the fight 119 to 103 for Manny Pacquiao, Levi Martinez, and Patrick Morley. Both concurred with my score. Michael Pernick had it 120 to 102. The Manny Pacquiao landed 34% of his punches, throwing close to 700 during the fight. He outlanded Algieri 2-1 to one per punch for the I, entire fight. I, I think that was the best I've seen Pacquiao look in the last three or four fights. Yeah. He looked real. I mean, he looked good in the Marquez fight prior to the knockdown. He looked yeah. great. This fight, he looked just as good as that, if not better. Yeah, this is one of the best overall boxing performances by by Manny. It's the, most, it's the widest margin on a scorecard probably all year in any fight. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so what do you take out of this fight for Algeria? Is he toast? He'll fight. He'll he'll have another big fight. He'll get one. I'd probably be Provodnikov. He, Provodnikov's probably licking his chops right now wanting a rematch. Yeah, I think that that's the only fight he has. Yeah, and then once Provodnikov beats him, that'll be the last you see of Algeria. That's fine. Hey, you, hey good for you, man. You you made it to the top. Yeah, you somehow, tricked everybody in somehow, the Somehow, yeah. I don't know how you did it, but somehow you did it, buddy. He conned his way all the way to the top. Now, you obviously don't belong there, Chris Algieri. And, uh, hey, Chris Algieri, remember all those times you probably don't remember because you were too busy uh, convincing yourself of how unbelievably awesome you are while you're sitting in your, in your parents' basement, uh, you know, looking at your hair and brushing it. Um, all those times. There was a time when pre-Provodnikov fight where – you couldn't even call people to get interviews, and, and nobody wanted to talk to you. Right. But as soon as you were gifted that decision, guess what happens? People like myself reach out for a simple interview. Not only was there not even a response in the numerous dozens of times that I reached out to the Algeria camp, but there wasn't even any recognition of it because guess what? He was big time now. He oh, yeah. made it to the top. Yeah. He's established. He's got, he's got scholarships in his name. You know, he's bigger than Manny Pacquiao. He's already won the fight. Right. You know what I mean? He became too big for his britches. Well, guess what? Chris Algieri, see you later. And uh, not that you even know who we are after the way that you just completely dismissed us, but you will never, ever, ever appear on the tail of the tape. No, sir. No, sir. We will move on to relevant fighters as you do not belong at the top. Chris Algieri, disappear, my friend. Disappear. So we move on to Zhou Shiming, the Chinese Olympian, and he's a little old for just entering the professional ranks here in the last few years. 5-0 uh, and o under the tutelage of Freddie Roach, learning to take 
his technical abilities from the days of amateur boxing and become an exciting showstopper of the ilk of Manny Pacquiao under the tutelage of an offensive, aggressive coach and Freddie Roach. His his fights are fun to watch, man. Man, yeah, he that was an exciting fight. I um, I'm not exactly sure about what Shimming was thinking there later on in the fight, taking right. the beating, right, and just allowing one song Kaijim. Um, what's that? Quan Pitchett, which means elephant strength punch. <laughs> Can you believe that? His first name is Elephant Strength Punch. Old, uh, that is friggin' hilarious. Um, <laughs> old one song. Yeah, dude, Shimming looked like he got that he lost the fight. Yeah. I mean, his eye was shut. He looked like Chris Algieri after the Provodnikov fight. He, he doesn't mind getting punched. No. He had his opportunities, man. He should have finished him when he did. He, yeah, I think that's one thing we're starting to see with Shimming is he has a little trouble finishing the fight, finish yeah. him, finishing his opponent off. It looked like he was like he had a chance to finish him, didn't, and then he was like, okay, well, I need to score points anyways. It's like, no, you, you don't need to score right. points. You've already knocked this guy down. It's past the halfway point in the fight. You're good, man. You've already won the right. fight. Knock him out. Close the show. Close the show, and he didn't. No. And that and that fight really drug on. It did. You know what I mean? I felt like that fight went like 20 rounds. It was so slow, and there was nothing new to develop. Right. It had already been decided. So Zoe Shimming, you expect big things from him? He better start finishing his opponents because sooner or later he gets hit enough, uh, he's going to run into somebody that's going to put his ass on the canvas. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. You either finish him if you're not. You got to if you're not going to play defense. Right, right. and you're going to get late. In the, he's going to get late in the fight against a really good fighter, and he's probably at some point going to pay the price for his lack of defense. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's got a really nice, really nice straight punches though, man. Yeah, real, real stiff, straightforward left, right straight punches. Let some, let some gloves hang down by the waist and just unloads from there. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good to see him. He's learning, man. I mean, dude, when you don't turn pro until your early thirties, you've been pretty well conditioned into the yeah. into the habits of of amateur boxing. Yeah, you're not going to break those habits in five fights, no. No, you're not. But we move on to a, a legendary amateur who has jumped out at just the right age to transform himself into what is looking like we're witnessing something. One of the greatest ever, possibly? Yeah, I mean, we really are. Have you yeah. ever seen anything like, no. like like Vasily Lomachenko? That guy slides into position and unloads just precise, unbelievable punching. I mean, this guy is – you can't say enough about the kid. He's unfriggin' believable. Are we overstating the fact that this kid is more talented than Floyd Mayweather? I don't think that's an overstatement at all. More talented than I, Andre Ward? I'd like to put him in the pound-for-pound pound list. I would, too. Dude, there was a point in the fight – it was in the fifth round. And you, I don't know if you recall this or not. When he was in close quarters against Perry Pino, okay? Mm-hmm. And as he was making his way out of the face-to-face and backing out of the phone booth, mm-hmm. okay, he had his arm around the back of Perry Pino and literally pirouetted and rabbit-punched him like six times as he was spinning out. Mm-hmm. That's a veteran move, man. That's a Roy Jones Jr. in his prime move. Yeah. Uh, dude, he, this kid is unbelievable to watch. On top of it, dude, Perry Pino is a good boxer, man. Right. It's a really tough, strong-fisted, this guy could really do well in the featherweight ranks if he got exposure. Right. He's legitimate. Probably a top 10 talent. Yeah. Lomachenko put on a clinic. Oh, un- unbelievable. The kid is unbelievable. 
He measures. He's deadly accurate. Yep. He showed power. He showed change of speed. He could go in quick. He could come in slow. He could hit you a dozen times in one flurry from a different angle with one hand, as we saw proved to us by Lomachenko when he fought the rest of the fight one-handed. Yep. And dominated. Yeah. I don't even know who's going to want to fight this kid. They're going to have a hard time getting him fights. Do you think Nicholas Walters can beat him? Hell no. He will destroy Walters. Destroy him. I don't see anybody. Rigando. I think he's got too much for Rigo, too. I really do, man. Rigo doesn't move side to side. No. He doesn't have lateral escapability. No. I, yeah, I, I see Lomachenko winning that fight. And not, <laughs> e- not even close, really. I, I, it's hard after watching that last night, and it had been a while since we'd seen him before. He is the most skilled boxer that I've seen yeah. this year and any year, really, that I can remember. The guy is that damn good. He threw dozens of punches by the time Lampley and Roy Jones were able to get it out of their mouth that he landed one. Right. Did you notice that when yeah. they were calling the fight? Yep. They had trouble keeping up with him because... I think they're in awe watching him, too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They're I'm, like, oh, and he landed an uppercut. And I'm thinking, hold on a second. He, he threw that uppercut like 10 punches ago. Right. You know, but that's how fast he is. Yep. Yeah, the silly Lomachenko is in a stacked division, and I don't think there's any question that he is the best. And I don't have any problem. We will see how the fights go in the next couple of months, especially this upcoming weekend, as the number 10 ranked fighter on the pound for pound list, Terrence Crawford, squares off against Ramundo Beltran. If he struggles with Beltran, then I think Lomachenko takes his place. Slides in there. Yeah. The only thing with Lomachenko, and it's going to be the same reason why uh, Kovalev remained off the list and Triple G was at the bottom of the list was we have to see him against somebody that is remotely resembles a top 10 fighter. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, this guy that he fought, I think, is a good fighter. I think that he had zero exposure. Right. Zero exposure. Yeah, nobody knew the hell he was. No, no, they didn't. And so once he gets in the ring against Nicholas Walters, which it looks like that's going to be the next the next step, is going to be the Walters fight in 2015. We're going to see what Vasily Lomachenko is really made of. But, I, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I think he's top 10 right now. He's just so textbook with everything he does it's just oh it's it's a joy to watch i'll tell you that yeah he's unbelievable so he threw over a thousand punches in the fight and landed almost 40 percent of them yeah and half the fight he fought with one hand um just to put this into context is that lomachenko landed 309 headshots okay piri pino landed 86 total punches the entire fight <laughs> That's unbelievable, man. Hey, hopefully that uh, that broken hand doesn't prove to be a problem moving forward where he continually breaks it. Yeah, that would suck. That 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 can ruin a career, man. Yeah, it can. No, you're you're exactly right. So we move on to Jesse Vargas versus Antonio DeMarco in a, in a 140 pound contest. Did you notice anything different about Vargas in this fight physically? Did he look like he was on the juice? Ah, uh, I mean. He looked, definitely looked a little bigger and was the more physical man in the ring, which was a surprise. He looked chiseled and ripped. Yeah. Watch his last fight um, against Novikov. If you, if you just go back in YouTube and look yeah. at him, compare his body then and now. It's been well documented by some sources. They've gone out of their way to say that Vargas is you know, part of VADA testing oh, yeah. for PEDs. I have heard Gabe Montoya, who writes about VADA testing and USADA, 
and is very well versed in the in and outs of who's participating and who's not. He has said that Jesse Vargas does not participate in these programs. Well, that that's a red flag. And, and especially after looking at him last night, I mean, Jesus. I, I hope he's not doing that. He looked like he was... The difference between Marquez, Juan Manuel Marquez, pre-Pacquiao 4? Oh, yeah. And during Pacquiao 4? I watched Pacquiao uh, Marquez 3, and yes, there is a unbelievable difference in size. Marquez had neck muscles that Goldberg doesn't even have. Yeah. You know, this was the same thing with Vargas. The muscles underneath, the only fighter that I've seen that naturally has those little stacked those little tiny ones that stack like bricks, like 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 that are right on the rib cage. Right. The only fighter that I've seen that actually naturally has those is Carl Frotch, but he boxes at like one percent body fat. Anthony but, Joshua's got them things too. Well, his his up yeah, his are different though. Right. His, his are boulders, they're not bricks. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But no, I you know my point is is that Vargas all of a sudden had these muscles. He had defined lines in his chest, and they're trying to give all the credit to this new newfound punching power to Roy Jones Jr. Oh. teaching him how to throw left hooks. Give me a break. I'll give I'll give Roy Jones some credit. I'm not going to sit here and dispute that he knows a lot about boxing. Okay, he's one of the the all time generational greats. Okay, yes. for his generation, he's one of the best boxers. Yes, there's no doubt about that. And he was more of an athlete than he was a boxer. He was more of a Sergio Martinez, you know, than he was a Sugar Ray Leonard. Right. All right. I don't think there's any debating that. No. Okay, but he knows what he's talking about. The things that he was saying made sense. His, right. His coaching was really good. Yes. I'm not sure what Roy Jones had to do with the physical training of Jesse Vargas, though. That's that's the part that I'm having trouble with. Right. How this guy just shows up and all of a sudden he's like a monster. And he had a look on his face in the ring in that first round like, ha, 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 look how big and muscly I am. Yeah. He did. He's never looked like that. No. He's never stepped in the ring that arrogant and confident in, look at me. <laughs> all right. So anyways, before I get sued. For defamation lawsuit. <laughs> I'm just telling you, the guy looked like he was juicing. Yeah. Right? I mean, he ain't particip- he ain't participating, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Yeah, me too. Um, it was back and forth for me. I actually had DeMarco uh, winning two out of the first three rounds, and I actually had the fight tied after four rounds, 38-38. It was then Vargas, on my card anyways, took the next three rounds, right. and then DeMarco came back, bringing the fight back on my card. To 67-66. Yeah. So it actually brought it back close. Vargas's problem was is that he wasn't sustaining anything, that he would expire or use everything in these huge flurries. Right, he fought in spots. Yeah, exactly. And DeMarco disappeared in spots. Yes, he did. Where he didn't fight at all. And Vargas just closed the fight much stronger than DeMarco did. And that was the difference in the fight. DeMarco's last good round, I think, was the ninth round. After, yeah. after that, he was done. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. It was. That was the last round that I scored DeMarco as winning the round. You know, but the thing is, though, man, is that DeMarco should have finished in the 11th and 12th round, and he was spent. Yeah. He didn't even fight. And, and, you know, it's like, you know you're losing. Roach told you you're losing. Right. He said, you need the knockout, and he didn't go for it. Yeah. But, I just don't think he had anything left. No, he didn't, obviously. I mean, he's not the type of fighter to just give up like that. Normally, he was gassed, obviously gassed. Yeah. Now, Vargas was very accurate with his punches. I mean, I'll I'll give him credit where credit's due. Right. You know, he looked like an accurate puncher. He's very flat-footed for the 140-pound division. Uh, I think him and Adrian Broner would be a great fight because I think they'd stand in the pocket and beat the shit out of each other. Right. You know, but I I can't see Jesse Vargas really – 
doing boating well against uh, a Brandon Rios or a Marcos Maidana. I I was going to say, do you think he at at the 140 pound division, do you think he's a real big player? No, I don't No, I I don't think so either. No, I don't. I mean, even, even looking obviously much bigger and stronger in this fight still had zero knockout power. Yeah. Yeah, Zero. He he just doesn't have punching power. No, no, no. I'll give him credit. I mean, he won a decision outside of Vegas. Right. You know, I don't have a problem with the guy. They're just building him to be something that he's not. Yeah, he's not anything special. I mean, he, he's a top ten talent. Yeah, but the bottom, bottom half, bottom half of the top ten. No, you're exactly right, man. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. All right, so there's your fight card from Macau, China. All in all, it was a showcase night, and that's pretty much what it was. If yeah. you walked into this thinking that you were getting anything other than some guys showing off in the ring, you were sorely mistaken. This was more of a. This was to show that Manny Pacquiao is still as good, if not better than ever. Mm-hmm. And to introduce the world again to Vasil Lomachenko on a huge card because we're witnessing something special with this kid. Yeah. We're talking about somebody that will, I think, sooner than later, uh, nestle into the throne as the pound-for-pound pound king. Yeah, and he's going to march through a couple divisions too. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. He will probably... I. I would I think he ends up at 135. Yeah, he'll end up at lightweight. Yeah. I don't see him going. He's too short for junior welterweight. Yeah. He could fight at 140 pounds, no problem. Right. I mean, he's five foot six, though. That's the problem. Right. And even at 140 pounds, there's guys, John Molina, these two guys, and yeah. Vargas and DeMarco that are five foot ten. Right. You know? So would Vasil Lomachenko giving 30 pounds destroy these guys right now? Sure. Probably. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao now is going to be moving down back down to junior welterweight. I love it. Yeah, I, he's that's where he belongs, really. I mean, he's he's not a true welterweight. He's good enough that he's able to dominate at that weight. The names being thrown around for his next fight are uh, Jesse Vargas, right? Which makes sense because right, you know, of the promotional um, please, ability to please make the God fight. No, please no. God no. But there has been names tossed around: Marcos Maidana, uh, Danny Garcia. And Lucas Matisse, I have a problem with all those fights. I think Manny shuts out all of them. I, yeah. I just don't think any of them, they're all tough. Right. They really are. Danny Garcia is the only one that I think would win a few rounds. Yeah. That would be, yeah, that's really the only fight I'm really interested in seeing. Matisse is a little too slow for yep. him. So Maidana's slower than Matisse. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the only thing with Maidana and the same thing with Matisse is, well, they might land that one shot. but Yeah, they could. They could. The thing is, though, Manny, he'll fight him. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to run away from him. No, no you know no. what I mean. He does not have to run. Does uh-huh. this put on any pressure on Floyd after this performance? Yeah, I think it does. But I also think that it was such a good performance that he's like, shit. I think I was right. I don't want to fight this guy. Yeah, dude. I think <laughs> the the scales are tipped at this point in their careers. I just think Manny Pacquiao is a few years younger. Mm-hmm. I just think he's a better fighter right now. He is. You know what I mean? I just uh, overall, I really. Truly, in my heart of hearts and in my boxing analysis it's, feel. It's time to get him back in the ring with a legitimate fighter, though. Enough of the Rios, enough of the Algeri. Oh, I agree. Y- y- let's see him put to a little bit of a test here. Hey, Danny Garcia sounds good to me. I, I would love to see Danny Garcia get the floor mopped with him. Oh, I would, too. Trust me. I think that that would be awesome. So next week, uh, November 29th, Terrence Crawford takes on Ramundo Beltran in Omaha, Nebraska in a second showcase fight and second title defense for Terrence Bud Crawford. That's a fight town now, huh? Yes, sir. And it's going to be a packed house, 
tune into HBO to watch Terrence Bud Crawford take on Beltran. Uh, we don't have much time left today, Vin. So let's go with a quick prediction of how Crawford and Beltran is going to go. I think it's going to be a good fight. Yeah. I think Beltran's going to going to give him some work for at least half the fight, but uh, Crawford's definitely the better boxer, and I think he will uh, he'll finish Beltran late in that fight. Think so? Yep. So stoppage, or he's going to knock I, him out? I'm going to say stoppage, 10th, 11th round stoppage. Yeah, I'm going to go with a ninth round knockout. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Terrence Bud Crawford continues to soar. Uh, b- besides uh, Lomachenko, I mean, right now he's, as far as young fighters go, he's probably the most exciting and, and most talented under him. It, yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's, it's as far as guys that primarily fight in the United States, they're going to be U.S.-based fighters. Right. Um, I. I completely agree. And it could be shaping up. You never know. Terrence Crawford versus Manny Pacquiao. They do have the same promoter. That would be a, a great fight. That would be awesome. He will cause some problems for Manny because his length, he'll use his length. And he's quick. Right. And he switch hits. Right. So, yeah, no. That's exactly right. Well, I think that'll do for the show today, man. So we'll be back next week to talk a little bit more about that and talk about some upcoming fights as we enter in to the final month of 2014. Looking forward to 2015 and some possible big fights to be made oh absolutely there's a lot on the horizon for next year in the world of boxing so there you have it that's episode 23 of the tale of the tape on sports rant radio be sure to drop by sportsrantradio.com for all of the archived episodes of the tale of the tape and give us a follow on twitter myself at boxing yoda and vince cummings at vince cummings 81 we will be back next week for episode 24 of the tale of the tape Same bat time. Same bat channel. May the force be with you.